sound like something from a zombie apocalypse. You Jesus. You know, I said, you've got probably dead by 50. He says, 
if you don't have change, you can't be dead by the time you're to be 40. He says, it's a miracle you're alive now, it's a miracle you're functioning. He said, you should be dead, you can't just that. He said, the pressure on the chest is ridiculous, the pressure on the joints is ridiculous. He says, you need to make some radical changes, otherwise, you'll be dead. Which is where my friend comes in. I was thinking of seeing him, if I did my changes. Now, the thing with that though is, I spent a lifetime putting on weight, losing weight, putting on weight, losing weight. But when I sort of hit my 30s, all I ever did was put weight on. Now at this point I was in a really um, toxic relationship, marriage, um, and food was my comfort, food was my friend, food and they let me down, food enabled me to that guy there had a big suit of armour, you know, nothing could hurt me, and do you know what? Nothing could because I got the jokes out well before anybody else. I used to just ridicule myself or anybody else because one, it stopped my wife ridiculing me, because if I got jokes and she didn't say it, you know, her, her way of introducing me to her friend was, this is my useless fat see your husband. And that was for people, so I thought, well, I'm going to just be safe with food and never let me down. But that was not going to save me. I thought, right, I need to make some changes. I need to just radically overhaul my life. And I lost weight. I started losing weight. Um, at that time, I used to have a traditional diet of losing weight, uh, which was cornflakes in the morning, tuna fish and mashed potato in the sun, and cornflakes in the evening. Now, if you can imagine, the size I'm there, the amount of weight I was carrying around would Calories a day against probably 34,000 women. Of course, I'm going to lose weight really, really fast, but it wasn't sustainable. So, I made some huge changes to my life. I moved to London, uh, divorced my wife, married a new one, we moved to get 10 years, and away from the back of the house. She's over there, by the way, because she's sick of being disappointed. She's having sick of being disappointed. But, but yeah, so anyway, so that's me. But this is the thing. Um, you, know, come and me, you, know? you think with these changes, right? You think with that warning there, right? That, hey, I have my life story. You think that I've made these changes, but no. Throughout five years, I roller coaster, I return, and down, I'd have a fat wardrobe and a thin wardrobe. But then I started putting my coffee in it. And then what happens is, I have this time. So this is me, 2016. So this was five years after that. I'd lost weight and gone really slim. I started putting my coffee I'd got a corporate job and I was stressed, but to the outside world, I had it all. I had a six-figure job with a multinational company, free business class, we had a Range Rover drive. We had a lovely home, sandbox, everything you can imagine. But what you see there, that guy in that picture, the guy in that picture, he's dead behind the eyes because he is just crushed inside. Because I hadn't got control of my eating. I hadn't got control. It was it was No matter what I told myself, how I dealt with stress, I started putting weight back on. So. I had a new approach though now. I didn't need tuna fish and mashed potato. I didn't need cloth. I did I find a gym. So that was great. And I threw myself into getting fit. Um, but I didn't 
ever deal with the elephant in the room. I never dealt with the fact that I had an eating problem. I never dealt with the fact that I used to mask all my emotions. I never dealt with the fact that I was a liar, I was a cheat, I used to hide things. There was a really funny story about cinnamon swirls. Um, when we were on holiday, and we went to go and get some bread to feed ducks, and I know you shouldn't feed ducks bread, okay? <laughs> I know that. Uh, and Karen and I were there, and I said, oh, I'm going to get some bread, I don't want to go to Morrison's. I walked in, and straight in front of me with these cinnamon swirls, pack of four. Now, a sensible guy would go, I'll take them back, I'll share them with my daughter and my wife. Now, my head is like, how can I eat them four cinnamon swirls and get them before I get home, get back to Karen? That was my logic, that was my brain pattern, that's how I thought. So, guess what, I didn't either. And I got away with it, so we got around the corner, and I still had some cream frosting and coming. What are you doing? And I just, where's that? I said, oh, I don't want I got humbled a couple of years ago when I did a video of coming. Thought you said you only had one! <laughs> so, even my life, you might need to be caught up with me afterwards as well. So, anyway. How did I do yourself into the room? Well, what was interesting about this was I was trying to out-train my poor diet. I was trying to out-train the fanatics like that. It was great, for three months I into it. So I had a really good friend, Ruth. Uh, she'd gone through a whole range of addictions. She'd done drugs, alcohol, food, everything. And she said, right, I had a breakdown from work. I had a very good work and I escaped because it didn't work for me. Um, and I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? How am I going to solve this? Because exercise isn't going to do it, because I'm just making myself ill. And so I reached out and I joined a group called Obi's Zombies. Now, every time I say to people, who? What? Um, they're a bit like Fight Club. You know, we don't talk about it. Because you know, their life condition is, you know, you don't talk about it. So um, I got kicked out of being the active member in December 2020, when I came out of the I can still go to meetings and I feel attended, but I can't go out to sponsor or group either. But for me, I then realised that I actually had a problem. I realised I had to solve this problem. I realised I had to take control and take responsibility for my life. Now, that comes from realising that no matter how much work and effort I put in, no matter how much I try and think about diet, no matter how much diets I do, plans I do, none of it is going to work unless I fix my head. Unless I take responsibility and look at my mindset. Because that is where all my doing happens. So, what was the key driver? Well, the key driver was six months into my recovery. I found myself on a building going, I don't know how to do this. I'm going to go and go back. I don't think I can go back to the guy you saw in those pictures. I don't honestly think I've got it in me to get rid of them guys because they're always going to be there. They're always going to be eating at me. And I had to take responsibility. I had to take ownership of I thought, well, if I go back to that, I'm just going to let all my family know. If I sit now, or I get to pay out of work, I end all this pain. And, but it was not going to work for me. So I had to face up to 
Don't go in the room. No, go there. It's not me. But what do you mean? I realised this is only how you can come to the I started working the second <coughs> I couldn't get past four. At that point, six months old, I couldn't get past four. And then I realised I had to open the boot. I had to start repaying some of the wrongs I did. I had to go looking at my actions, and some of the things I did are equal to what you know, um, any addict would have done. You know, I, ashamedly, um, because I'm going to come through, I caused a massive problem at Tejua, so I wouldn't get sick. So that the bar got far. Now, in my process of recovery, I had to go and apologise for actions. So I see the guy. I thought he was <coughs> I to be fair. Um, and then he explained it. And what he did then is he actually created a meal for me in his takeaway that was ultra low carbon, basically cheap as bad, but he got a special bread in, had a special, he got those skinny sauces in. Now, on the back of that, he sells hundreds of them because there's lots of people buying them. And then he then promoted it. He goes, look at this guy, look how much he's wearing, he needs my give out. But again, I just have to apologise. I have to apologise to calm people at work. You know, in the depths of my addiction, I used to pretend I was good. I, with all the diamonds as a family, they'd be like, oh no, I don't want this. No, oh, I don't want that. And I'd, and I'd scoop them all up. I'm a really good husband, aren't I? So I'm putting them in the bed. Then they'd all go to bed, and I'd be in the bin, get them out, eat the pizza. Shouldn't to say it, that's what I used to do. But by talking to people, by taking the ownership, by Realising that I could get help, and by realising there, there was more than me in this process, I could get moving, I could find a way uh, and make progress on this. So, what is emotional eating? Well, it's eating in response to those emotions, it's other than the feelings of hunger. And Quite often you find with binge eating and emotional eating is that actually they don't even know how to breathe. They don't know the hunger level, they don't know the fullness care. It's one of the things that I teach people is hunger performance. Eating at someone, you made me do this. Eating to forget the strap again, that was me quite often. Eating to feel better, you know, because food always makes you feel better. Only a small period of time, it always does. And it releases those serotonin and dopamine. Eating out more than how many times have you been sat there and you've had a packet of crisps or a big pack of Doritos and before you know it, oh, the pack's gone. You're sat there mindlessly wanting to tell you it's just because Eating out of habit, how many people have biscuits and cups of tea? Yeah, two. Now it's four. And I thought, oh, I have two biscuits and cups of tea. I have ten cups of tea a day. I have to try biscuits. Because I, I have to have this to be good too. It's just habit creates it. And remember, not all emotional eaters have to have an eating disorder. Or even disordered eating. And you don't have to be a binge eater or binge to be an emotional eater. You could quite often be like, oh, I'm not binge, but I eat to my emotions. But think about this. Why is eating so soon? Well, think the first, as soon as you cry as a baby, what happens? Bottle of boot. Straight! There you go. Whenever you cry, the first response is to get a bottle. Then they check nothing. 
Because it's happened. You know, you've got this connection straight away that if I'm if I'm upset, I get sued by food. And it creates that parental attention that really makes the box toxic. I don't get when you're feeding that baby and it starts crying, the mother's always in or the dad oh I can't feel that. So the baby's reacting and the parents happier. Again, food is associated with sleep, that nighttime bottle. Remember as a toddler, you know, you've got this finding new food, you know, you're encouraged to try things. It's like, wow, this is the first time it's finding into power and control. You always start forming memories around food. And quite often unhealthy foods are the Lord's treatment. Oh, you've been good as a chocolate bar. You know you're like a kid, kid's character to being good. But again, it's quite often we see this as a reward. The child is like, oh great, yeah. Go to every time we're shopping, I'm good at shopping, I'll get a cake from mum. Yeah, brilliant. Well done. And you think about it, this also continues. Think about this. We culturally associate eating and caring and doing. When do you breakfast? You know? The first meal of the the first thing what you imagine is you have a meal because of wedding breakfast. Christmas, Easter, birthdays. And then when you think about it, low blood sugar can cause feelings of depression and anxiety, which you call by food. You feel it done. Gonna go see this. You hope the out of there. Because again, it changes that. And evolution again predisposes that human body to crave high sugar, high fat, high calorie foods for quick energy and to perform. You know, we are no longer being chased by tigers. You know? But unfortunately, your urges to eat come from the same part of the brain that is craving this. Your lower brain, which is responsible for fight or flight, is there and it's also responsible for binge eating and emotion eating because it's like going, right, Chris is stressed. Needs to protect him. Feed, 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 it'll go away. So, again, it's all been, you've been emotionally eating your obligation straight away because it's all been created since you were baby. So, are you an emotional eater? Well, do you ever eat without realizing you can do? Raise your hands. We're all in a safe place here. Okay, do you an emotional eater? Uh, do you ever feel guilty or shamed after eating? Yeah, you're an eater. Do you eat after an experience that's caused negative emotions, such as being angry after an argument, even if you are feeling hungry? Yeah? So, basically, if you answer yes to any of those questions, you're an emotional eater. Now, there is a question there which, um, I'm not sure if it's all John, uh, there's a whole range of stuff coming your way. But there's a question there that helps you specify what type of emotion you've got. Okay? Um, because again, when you actually understand that, you can do work, you can work against it, you can work on that. But all of them, you know, whenever well, time you talk, this is like, you know, things get higher. And a lot of people relate to this. So, the emotional society. Think about this, okay? Occasionally, using foods that pick me up in the war or to celebrate this isn't necessarily about thing. Or to go on just eat, or to open those cupboards. Okay? 
when you're stressed, angry, lonely, exhausted, bored, when you're in that unhealthy cycle, okay, that's when the problem is real. And that's, if you don't address it, that's when it gets bigger and experiences the bigger urges and gets out of control. So, what's the cycle look like? Well, you should all probably relate to this, okay? And this is what we call mood dysfunctional behavior blocks, but I'll keep this in because I don't know. Get all the big words clear, turn down. So, here we go, something happens to you. Um, yeah. 14 months, that's basically. Um, I'm at a call of work and somebody's just shouted at me. I was like, didn't deserve that. I'm upset. You get that overwhelming urge to eat, right? Feels good for a bit. It's great. I'm feeling better now, yeah, that's worse. But then, you eat more than you should do. Because that one chocolate bar didn't solve it. Because you've been doing this a long time, you need three, you need four chocolate bars. But then you start feeling guilty and powerless over food. Then you get that shame. Then it kicks in. So guess what? Something's happened to you. You know, you're going to again. So you're going, well, I've blown it now, I'm like, well, I'm going to eat something else. Then you eat more than you should. And if you're not careful, this is when they hear people blow up on a Friday. And they always start on it. Yeah, they go through this cycle constantly. And what you have to do, first tip, right? Learn forgiveness, right? If you do this, right, you can break that by forgiveness. Difficult thing to learn, but once you master it, it starts breaking that cycle. So, what's behind emotional eating? Well, the first thing you have to do is rule out physical causes. Is it over chicken? Yeah. Are you feeling anxious and irritable and fatigued? Is it a lack of sleep? Yeah, because again, when you're tired, you might create sugar and stimulus. Is it dehydration? Thirsty, you know? How often we confuse hunger with thirst? Nutritional causes, again, you know, what have we eating? What's in your diet? What's caused this? Uh, if it's not your things, then you've got a problem with this. You've got your trigger things. Um, my good friend there, Cookie Monster, um, I beat him in a chocolate hot dog eating competition one more time. Um, seven packs is my record. Um, this used to be my two trigger foods I still have. Um, I couldn't eat a Domino's pizza like that anymore, um, but I can eat Domino's because if you get a really thin, it's almost like a tortilla thing, right? They can't put that devil sauce around the edge of the thing they put on the crust, because that is highly addictive. And that is probably that was that triggering thing. Um, and it has been proved in research that the Domino spend um, uh, $72 million doing research to get the perfect glaze that hits your spot and makes you want more. Because they put people on their MRI scanners, they're feeding them and seeing where it hit the brain. And it was interacting in exactly the same places as the um, effects of cocaine and other drugs that are similar to the Now, hot dogs, yeah. I can never touch hot dog again. Um, one this year, and I'd eat a hot pack. Um, in fact, last year I had a panic attack in a supermarket. Because apparently they've got seven different flavours now. Seven! Now, I can cope when it's two, two in a row on a big wall of biscuits, 
I walked into supermarket and straight in front of me was like the end of Ireland. I'm going, oh my god, what am I going to do? He's like, I'm I didn't know they did mince pie. I didn't know they did. I was like, what? what? <laughs> I was like, oh, and I literally had a panic attack. I had to leave the shop. I just dropped my bicycle and went out of it. Because I was triggered. No, it wasn't even open, but I was triggered because, again, they're still watching me. Now, the one chocolate hot dog I can't eat, though, I'll give you three chocolate hot dogs because they're around me. <laughs> 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 so, Okay, when we look at this one behind it, okay, we look at those trigger foods. If you, it's really important to identify trigger foods because again, and you do this by looking at a food journey, which will be important. But alongside looking at your trigger foods, we need to look at habits. Okay, is there a particular time of day activity that makes you crave food? Are there any particular times you might see driving, watching television? Are you going too long to meals and needing lunch shoes? Which leads to sugar crush. Yeah. I look at people, and I'm aware of my clients, especially people who are have got proper you know, challenge with disordered eating, and they are given a food journal. Okay. In what world, bear in mind your conditions, you know how you're sure In what world do you think it's okay to have a banana and a cup of coffee at breakfast, have a salad at lunch, and think you're only going to get to six o'clock and not go and hit the cupboards? What world do you think that's even possible? Because they're just progress in that. Then you have to call out eating for comfort instead. Because once you start identifying and ruling that, we can start working and solving the problem. So, my intervention, my food diet. Okay? Separate to my fitness path, separate to tracking calories and macros. Day, time, feeling, thoughts, choices. So, um, there's another one that has hunger levels as well. So, Monday, 3.30, I'm feeling tired, I've got no energy. I need a Snickers for a pick-me-up. I'm not hungry, I'm just tired, so I just need energy boost. Now, there are choices and decisions that I there. I can have a Snickers, brilliant. I can have a coffee. I can have a nap or stretch and walk around a few minutes. So, actually, the decision I made was I decided to have a coffee and a stretch. Now, as you say, when you do this, you can add that to one more level. You can add in the location when you're at. You can add your hunger level. You, know, you can add um, how you felt after eating it. The more information you can capture about what food you're eating, you will get all the ideas about triggers, you get ideas about location, about what people are impacting you, time of the day, and locations. And then when you're eating, right? So this sounds really, really Simple. But when you're in a motion eater, or just got so easy, use a plate. Right? I'm guilty for a lot of these. Right? Sit down, sit at the table, sit at the kitchen table. The one big thing I found that lockdown caused people when they went to home in that I was, they started being at the kitchen table and they stopped forgetting about eating to eat. Eliminate distractions. Right? Do not sit there going, because guess what? You're not actually concentrating on what you're eating. Your mind is sleeping. And by doing that, you're not actually getting the signals to your brain that saying, I'm eating, because you'll just be going through emotions. And then focus on the food. So, I have a client, 
avoid either problems. Um, he used to spend £1,000 a month on Just Eats, Uber Eats, delivery. Um, but he ordered everything. He had his coffee delivered, his breakfast delivered. And he sent to me, he says, I've got this uh, birthday coming up. It was, um, thinking, it was last year when we started sort of lockdown. And he says, and I'm really worried because he ordered his burger and his wings and, and, I, and I've ordered his girlfriend's part birthday. I'm worried about eating it because no one knows to eat it and then eat it. I said, well, I want you to tell me what every bite of that burger tastes like. I want to know whether you had tomato, what the sauce was like, the texture of the bun, the texture of the burger, what the fries were like. Were they fluffy? Were they seasoned? What was your chicken wing like? He messaged me the next day and says, um, all right, so I'll be honest, I only had half a burger. I went, wow. He said, it was awful. I went, oh, that wasn't my plan. But it worked because I tasted it. Now normally he would have just wolfed it down because it was a burger. He said, the chicken wings, they had no flavour. I said, so what do you say? Oh, the phone didn't come up and go, I said, great, said, what would you normally do? I would have let that ammo go for it, even though it wasn't good food, it was So again, I focused on it, he actually enjoyed the experience. So, when we look at these interventions as well, try to avoid setting up a binge, right? By restricting certain foods, okay? When we say, you know, cheat meals, right? God, I hate that word. Right? Cheapness. But when we go, oh, good food, bad food. Oh. There's awfully nutritious, you've got nutritious dense and not nutritious dense. But when we start labeling things, you start creating this thing of, oh, I can't have this, or oh, I can't have that. You know, you, when you can't have something, what do you want? You really want it. And buying a bunch of comfort foods, it's like, simple like, why did you have that? Oh, I go because I need kids. Do kids actually like that? No, they don't mind those. One of the tips I gave somebody, one of the things that Carmen used to help me with, the chocolate bars, is I don't like crunchies. Right? So, what did we have? They loved crunchies. So, we had crunchies and cuddles. I was never going to eat them because, one, they would really call me out for eating them. Two, I don't like them. But buying is actually having things in the house. You know, it's just crazy. And then going too long without eating. You know, like I said, if you are, if you have a problem with predisposition to binge, right, you really need to look at your eating plan and eating cycle, and you need to be eating regularly. Because if you do that, it is a better improved way of stopping that food. Because you're binging because you're fearful, you're fight or flight, and you're low going, oh, I don't know where I'm going from. I need that food, I need that food because I'm not eating, even though you know you are going to. And then there's this, you do feel like urge on, initially just that, okay? Whether it's a bath, a walk, calling a friend, looking through your phone, or social media, so long as it's not a trigger. And then when it is happening, identify those emotions, right? If it's depression, hopelessness, helplessness, is it stress, anxiety, fear, failure? But what you need to remember is actually, none of these things, right? Eating, is not going to solve your problem because guess what? That problem, if you are feeling depressed, right? If you're feeling stressed, anxiety, and anger, whatever's causing that is still going to be there once you're there. And you know what? It's going to be worse because you have the feeling of guilt and shame and self-loathing and that. So, 
Think of wine and solving that problem rather than having food. So, I'm going to introduce you to something called the DNA, which I don't need to go but because um, it's a uh, leveraging, there's no limit. And this is about a process of understanding how you can address this in four really simple steps. So, I developed the deal method by looking at all of the programs I've done. And you know, I have, to remind my recovery, I've spent 85,000 pounds on my recovery. Right? Rubber that's um, Weight Watchers for the World, New Light Life, Cambridge, uh, Skinny Diet Pills, Skinny, really Skinny Jabs, uh, Slim Fast, um, Meal Services. Uh, therapy, personal trainers, uh, coaches, um, God, lots of coaches, um, all of that. You know, I thought if it was a program, I'm really grateful that social media is what it is today when I started my recovery because I would have bought shed loads of stuff on the Instagram. If I'm doing some research in my book at the moment, my, my feed is now full of weight loss. And it's like, I've got loads of pharmacies saying, hey, do you want to take these jabs? Don't worry, it's only going to be like £800 for 12 weeks, you'll be fine. Right? Then there's you know, new, new risky targeting. By the way, new, 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 saving money is the biggest con out there. Um, <laughs> but for me, I developed a deal method because I wanted to find a simple way of helping people make progress. And the reason it is, it's about the first E is to determine, you know, what am I feeling, what am I thinking? What is important to me? Because I know, right, because I'm in recovery, that eating is always a danger. Right? Eating is never way. I'm in recovery for the rest of my life. Yeah. But what's feeling, what's driving that thought process, what's making me Think about it. Why am I having three ports? But what is that important to me? What is having a nice food going to help me get close to my goals? Is that going to solve my problem? What other things could I do that would get me closer to my goals? Because, you know, I could choose to let go. You know, but quite often when you're in the middle of it, you can't. I can solve the problem. My goal would not be a little easier if I solve the problem rather than every soul that comes back to feeding them. Wasn't sweet. Change the way you feel or think about it. Again, when I'm looking at this, you know, I can see myself just going, I'm going through the cycle again. You know, I saw a video of um, Russell Brand. If you haven't, a dark book called Free Game Recovery, or the Brilliant book. Audio books even better. However, if you, have, if you don't like the F word, I will listen to But I think he is a massive idiot. I, I can't stand the guy when he does some stuff. When he talks about addiction and recovery, I know the guy. I, I can forget all of the rubbish films and all the other rubbish he spouts. 
When he saw that, he seized passion. I can understand why people like Peter. And he did a video about this whole. Uh, so he stood up, like we wrote this, and said, um, Russell, when can you. What, how do you know in that moment, in that fork in the road, that when you're back to have that drink, um, take those drugs, eat that food, text that ex girlfriend you shouldn't have a relationship with, or place that bed? And he goes, It's not in that moment you're about to do it. The fork in the road is a long way back. It's so far back, you have so many warning signs because you're going to have a what am I feeling? What am I thinking? Is it going to serve me? Is it important to me? You are having that. So, people, that urge to think, you think, oh, I've got no control of it. You are, you're getting warning signs so much earlier than you think you are. And this is why I can tell you from here that it can be, you can do it. So, we've determined what the problem is, okay? And I think about this. So, So then, we've got the pre-bridge state. So, we're going to determine it and think about this. So, in that state, you've got what we call thoughts, feelings, and circumstances. So I'm going to give you some examples of what that means. So, here's the thing about this. Component one, a thought. I ate a load of biscuits at work. Component two, I feel frustrated I'm like a failure. I pass the bacon on my own, and I buy a load of cakes, and I binge. Force feelings on So, feel stressed and angry, boss, the other me today, get some in the fridge, I feel like eating better. Guess what? I order chips, pizza, but I'm eating angry in front of the TV. I'm not eating because I'm not eating because I'm eating with that person. Walk past a shop where they usually buy a binge food. Oh, I'll just pop in and buy dinner. One way or I just eat my dinner. Telling yourself a lie there, by the way, but yeah. Guess what? You walk around the shop and you've got a basket, it's like cookies. Chocolate bars. Oh, yeah, and I'll get like full fat coat. Oh, yeah. And you walk around the shop and you filled your basket on also, by the way, you didn't know you put it in the basket. And guess what? You bought it. Now, you bought that food, now it goes home with me. I would say pretty much you have it. Most of that's gone in the car on the way home. Because you don't want anyone to know you've done this, by the way. So these are all things that happen, and you can identify them and work on them. So, John will know this woman. Um, if you don't know her, she's awesome. Byron Katie, right? You can fight with reality, right? And you'll only lose 100% of the time. But we still constantly fight with reality. But we need to not do this. So, we're now going to embrace another side of embrace. Now, I want to highlight something here that's really important, okay? This is not about passivity, right? It's not about being this victim of circumstance. It's not resigning yourself to the situation. Although I'm asking you to embrace what's going on around you, embracing the fact that you've got this disorder in you, call it, okay? Because I can get more going, millions of emotional, it's all disorganizing. And it's not giving up personal responsibility because I see too many people come to me going, Chris, you need to fix my emotional eating. Yeah, no worries. Um, I need to give you a plan. Right, where are you going? So I give you a plan. Yeah, I need to give you a plan. 
Where is your responsibility now? Oh no, no, you've got to tell me. I says, tell you what? Well, you've done this, tell me how you did it. I can give you some tools. I use some techniques, but do you know what? You've got to own it. You've got to own this. You've got to look in that mirror and you've got to embrace the fact that you are who you are and you want to change. Because a lot of people say they want to change, but they don't. So, we're embrace. We need to develop alternative ways of embracing these thoughts, feelings, and circumstances. So again, this is about distraction. This is about talking it out. The problem I find with a lot of when I work with clients and bring in, they nobody knows about it. Because guess what? We don't talk about emotions. You know, if you can't say because some people go, well just don't eat it then. Yeah, great, thanks for that. Yeah. Um, and people go, well, you know, or you scream, or they even encourage it. Oh, you're okay, you don't need to worry. Oh, yeah, I like you the way you are. That's great, but they don't understand that pain and suffering that you're going to go through. So finding people you can talk out to. Yeah? If you are struggling, reach out to me. John's got you here for a year. You've got me. I mean, you agree. I'm in the right group. If you're struggling, message me. Okay? Find people you can share what your challenges are. Journal, okay? Use the journal, use a food journal, use mood journal, capture those feelings, capture where those triggers are. Make a pro and con list. So, one thing that's coming up for you guys is I'm going to be forced by this. And I'm going to make you question do you really want to give up? Do you really give up energy to the machine? Or not? And then focus on the positives, okay? Because quite often, as emotion eaters, we're quite pessimistic, we're quite negative. We're always blessed is half empty. And then view failures as learning opportunities, okay? If you do have a lapse, right? Great, what can I learn? Learn lesson apart. What did I learn from that event? On what lesson and how can I apply it to learn next time? Because that's what they are. Every time you will find a trigger, a new trigger. Okay? So it all came about. And then identify whether it's actually worth your energy. Quite often I see a lot of people who get caught up and not eat at somebody, right? Would you rather be right or would you rather be free? That's something I ask myself all the time. Because if I want to be right, that's going to be my energy. And I've got far more better things to do in my time. I will follow my energy. So now we're looking at acceptance, okay? This is looking at alternate ways of accepting these situations, okay? We need to start eliminating the vulnerabilities, okay? And looking at the trigger points, whether it's an emotional trigger or a violent trigger. Now, you can have, um, when you've got the three triggers, you can either Eliminate it, that'd be great. You can avoid it, or you can manage it. Now a lot of, lot of trees, you're going to have to learn a way of managing it. But if you can eliminate them to start with, that's the best thing to do. You need to be compassionate with yourself, okay? <coughs> forgiveness, like you said the thing, forgiveness is so important because you need to get rid of those um, feelings. I like it, so who can remember the film Drop Dead Fred? Yeah. Yeah. My big hit, I 
Right, can everyone can do this? Fred, right? Fred, who used to be my best mate when I was young, you know, I was a sad lonely kid, you know, they're friends. Um, used to get in all sorts of trouble, but he's back now again because now he's a very terrible you They don't understand you. Go, go and have that cake. Go and have that, you know, top Go and eat that pizza. But the more I can shut Fred down, the more I can kick him out, the more I can kill him off, the stronger I'm going to be living. But by straight away turning around saying, right, that's Fred talking. You've been like you've had a part of that ridiculous child. You know, you start looking at the, the sins of your taking their power. And then meditate again. I need meditation, just five minutes. Quite often, I'm taking myself in a situation. Why am I thought your brain can you know, process Think about one thing, so working on that. Now, my mind will drift to some things I use as a factor. And then another technique is for closing the kitchen. So, when you have a meal, right, treat it like a restaurant and go, kitchen's closed, that's it, until the next meal time. So, you walk in, now kitchen's closed, can't have a And then that's what we do with surfing. So, third surfing is the best way to practice this, for that reason, because we all love mobile phones, is get your phone, get a nice quiet area, put it in front of you, right? And basically, you can have it on. Um, now, if you're like anybody else, you'll have apps that are popping up, and obviously, you get an education you want to be good. So basically, you can't. You're just looking at it. But what you're, while looking at it, you need to be thinking about those physical sensations. What am I feeling? What's that, what's that getting inside of you when you make you want to pick up the phone? Because once you start learning the benefits of bird surfing, you can actually ride things out. Because when you have that urge, it's been like a wave, isn't it? It's coming, right? And it builds and builds and builds and builds. And builds. You think it's never ever going to end. But like most waves, it peaks and then it drops. All you've got to do is ride that wave, ride that urge, until it drops. And then we look at that, the good beverage. Right? Remember this. The most eating is like most direct escape areas. It never addresses the underlying emotions and their causes. It often results in physical issues such as weight gain, poor sleep, reduced energy. And then some people try to undo their emotions by restricting other calories, which leads to nutritional deficit, a more craving, diabetes disease, which guess what? Then creates a binge environment. So as emotional eaters, we need to first find a way to stop before the eat. And there's loads of techniques that go through that. Second, identify the underlying reason for eating. And then address the thoughts and emotions leading to those urges. What's important though, okay, I tell all my clients here. If you're a binge eater, the good news is 55% of people may fall in no binge again. Um, the rest of us will actually just be able to manage the dirties. But what's important is to remember there is no quick fix of breaking free from most eating binge eating. No matter what you see, whatever the jabs tell you, whatever anyone tells you, right? Because if you take a jab which helps you weight loss, brilliant. It suppresses your energy, expresses your thoughts and processes. But there is a different period of time. If you do not address this problem, if while you're taking the 
food suppressant or whatever blocking your neurons in your brain, if you're not solving your reasons for doing this, guess what? When they stop the prescription because they can't keep doing it for long, it all goes back. So if we can crack these habits by working on our mindset, remember, it's not developed overnight. So you can't expect them to change. So people come in and say, no, what are you doing today? Oh, I'm going to cure you. Okay. Hold on. You've been doing this all your life and you wanted to cure you nine Hey, I wish I could, because I'd be on my yacht in the Bahamas. <laughs> and remember, breaking free, right, doesn't require patience and persistence. But it can, and I promise you, it'll get better over time. You just got to believe it. You need to have belief and you need to have hope. When you have belief, it can happen. So, I have 10 top tips for you. Alright, first one, another diet is not the answer, okay? There is a good chance that a diet is what contributes to binge eating habit. So guess what? Another one is not going to solve it. And stop looking for a diet and hope it will solve your problems. A diet can't fix a problem that another diet created or contributed to. Don't have cheap days, again I hate that word, right? Or forbidden foods, because we're in, what's it doing? Because if I want to know certain foods or certain time, you get an all or nothing mentality. Because if you've restricted yourself, okay, and you slip up, and if you then on top of that have some alcohol, you then slip into dissonant eating. When you're dissonant eating, you are literally smashing your other side because you've not allowed yourself to have it for a long time. I remember having this for being food leaves and feeling the guilt when you do eat them. And remember, you always want what you can't have. And don't view foods as bad or evil, because they're not. Celebrate all victories and don't dwell over minus setbacks. Okay? Now, whether you get one meal, one day without emotional eating, celebrate it, okay? Be proud of this victory because what you're doing every time you celebrate it, right? You're pushing down that negativity. You're pushing down that feeling of I can't do this. You're creating those anchors in your mind to go, do you know what? I did it. I can't do this. Do you know what I did last Tuesday? I did it last Thursday. But we spent so much time focusing on when you slipped up and failed. Again, don't go over those minor setbacks. When you slip up, don't get frustrated. Learn less than apply. Move on. Give them move on. High positive support. Go ahead and say it again. Talk to someone you can trust who will support you. Surround yourself with people who support you. Loving. You're in a great environment here, by the way. You've got a great start point. But avoid people who will trigger and sabotage you. <coughs> if you have got those friends, right, who will always like go, oh, I just have that dessert, then you don't actually want to be Philip or they're always like, oh, send that to Christmas a big load on the table, he'll finish it off. Or they're always encouraging you to drink more, or do things that you don't want to do but you're feeling nice for Just avoid them. That's a move on life completely, but just think about getting better and think about yourself. Again, as I most eaters, one of the things is we are quite people. Or I keep making one happen. I just not Well, I need you to step up and start looking after yourself. You can't, right? You are going to slip up at some point, okay? I do, even now, okay? But don't beat yourself up about it. Forget it anymore. Knowing the difference 
between emotional hunger and physical hunger. Okay? I call this the apple test. If you are hungry, and I go, here's an apple, and you go, no thanks. You're not physically hungry. If, I, if you're going to go, yeah, but I need that slice of cheesecake. Yeah, but that's probably emotional. Because think about this, right? Emotional hunger, you all know, it urges. When it hits you, like, oh my god, I'm starving! But it's physical hunger, you, how many times have you done something? Oh, I'm hungry. And then the phone rings. Or you go somewhere, or you do something. And then like, two hours have passed, and I'm oh god, I'm eating. Oh, I'm hungry. Emotional hunger will come on suddenly as well. It's like, oh! Whereas if it's done, come on gradually, you can suppress it, but it comes on. Emotional hunger craves those foods that you consider comfort foods. You know, physical, come, emotional hunger wants, you know, say, it wants that quote pasta. It wants that crispy creme donut. It wants that chocolate bar. Uh, it doesn't want the grapes. Oh, God, no. It doesn't want the carrot sticks. Oh, God, no. It wants those things. Whereas physical hunger, is open to a wide range of options just to feed me on sandwiches. I don't care, I just want some food. Emotional hunger isn't satisfied even when your stomach is full. This is why you're finding stuff and stuff and stuff and stuff because you're eating emotionally. Whereas if you're physically hungry, you get to like a seven on the scale and go, oh, I enjoyed that, yeah, I'm satisfied, I'm moving on. And then emotional hunger will trigger those feelings of guilt, powerlessness, and shame, like we saw in the cycle. Whereas eating to satisfy physical hunger does not make you feel bad about yourself. You go, actually, I enjoy it, I feel good. I feel ready to take on the world. Like I said, listen to your body. Hunger and fullness and skill is You need to learn to identify natural sensation like physical hunger. Eat when you're physically hungry, eat slowly, and stop eating when you're satisfied. Can't um, I'll skin, but I'll send that. But basically, 10 is you are physically sick from eating, you're so full. One is you are dizzy, you're going to collapse. What you need to be doing is eating when you hit a three and stopping between your six and seven. Once you get to a one, then the likelihood of emotional hunger, physical hunger, you can And you will not stop until you get to a ten. You keep going and you keep going. So try and aim between three and a seven. Avoid resources that bring you down, okay? This was critical for me. If certain websites and magazines make you feel bad about yourself, avoid them. Resources that make you feel obligated to look a certain way are not actually promoting health and fitness and surround yourself with positive resources. If it doesn't build you up, you don't actually need it. Make this part of your story, right? Emotional eating sucks, right? It's horrible. But do you know what it can be part of the story? This can make you stronger and more resilient. Because if you get this under control, it means that you know what? you've got your mindset in place. You are no longer, you're solving the problems because you're not solving them by eating, you're actually dealing with the problem in hand. Now, this is not going to make sense to you but this can make you a better version of yourself. And start with one small thing, okay? I get lots of clients come to me, I'm sure all you have done in the gym, isn't it? They want you to help them do all these things, right? Do not try to do too much at once. Just do one thing at a time, okay? Now, get used to journaling your food. Or get used to sitting at the table. Or get used to, you know, thinking about those earlier, bird surfing, but just practice something. Because 
Each time you have that win, each time you have that bit of success, it builds on it. And once you start making one thing a habit, start doing more and more things. These small changes create those big results. You all, all have got the end day results from Team Sky and Team GB. They go, they're a 1% improvement. You can make a 1% improvement every day to our 18 hours. At the end of the year, you have a huge change. So, there we go. Any questions? Large on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely.
cut the day in half, that's when you have lunch, then you have a snack in between those meals, and snack between that and potentially one at night, depending on what time you have the meals. Because if you're eating regularly, it stops that restrictive eating. Now, to some people, that's going, oh my god, I'm eating loads, I'll put lots of weight on. You're not, because you're still eating within your calories, you're just eating more frequently. Anyone else any questions? Can you apply the same techniques to, say I would consider myself an emotional eater, yeah. to watch that. I'm a, <clears throat> shall I say, a lonely and lazy eater, because I work a very odd shit pattern. Mm -hmm. Like this week, for example, uh, I've obviously anybody all day. By the time I get up after, I've got off at work early tonight, yeah. so I've come to this, but I would normally get up tonight, everybody's in bed. Yeah. So I'll get up in the morning, everybody's <laughs> in the house. Yeah. So I, I breakfast alone, lunch before I go to work alone, then I'll have an evening meal in a room full of 50 Berlin blokes and, and what have you, with not the best access to the greatest facilities. Yeah. And then I'll get home and everyone's in bed. So I'm not necessarily, I don't eat, I've never eaten an anger or anything like that, but I spend most of my life eating alone. Yeah, so you're alone. So I've literally, like, okay, so you know, you want to have this healthy meal, you want to do that, but it's 11 o'clock at night, everyone's asleep, you try not to wake everybody up. Right, what can I bug in the microwave? That's hot. Yeah. You know, so you apply the same techniques to that kind of thing, you must have different. Yeah, I can get yourself an ISO bag and write little notes on or little puzzles you can do with yourself or get your partner to do something and add something to that lunchbox so you feel they were still with you whilst you were eating that meal and plan it and prep it in advance. Let's do that. There is ways, right, again. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. It's like finding those options, but yeah, you can't find those completely because you don't. You've still got some emotion attached to food because you're lonely. You're not something to do with. Yeah. So, again, yeah, it's just. Following that process of eating and using that time you're ready to eat it, you know, not focus on that big number, but just focus on the food and everything. Thank you. Yeah. I think I about your feelings and your concerns about food with her 
and share that. Use that analogy and go, but mum, you know, if she's buying you for herself, that's different. But if she thinks she's helping you and buying you, it's tough, but the real narcissist I love you, this is gonna help you. I've written, I'm here, crying, I'm getting fit, I'm trying to, and all you're doing is like pulling your way in your fingers. I'm trying to build with better me. I'm trying to find you urges, but you're making it harder for me. And don't make it about her, make it about me. Does that help? You could also look at secure attachment theories.